start this match. David, I got a bone to pick with you. Why me? Why don't you tell me why I'm sitting at home and then I see that you're having a tournament for the tag team titles? I'm the tag team champion. Why didn't I know about that? Jesse Jones, you had to forfeit the tag team championship when your partners had to leave WOW for a family emergency. And that's why we've got a tournament now. You gotta be freaking kidding me. I'm the tag team champion. I can defend the belts by myself. You know, when we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, once again to another edition of the Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling with your host, Mr. Green, and this is the Reboot, did that come out right? Reboot Review number two for WOW and their new series of programs. Uh, have you seen the first one? That, that's that's a, a question I need to put out there because I still find some people are putting in their comments on various platforms, not necessarily here, uh, that they cannot find WOW and they don't know where to, to look for it. They, you know, they lead the same question. Where can I see this? And of course, it's, it's kind of left up to the other participants in the chat room because WOW seemingly does not choose to answer, you know, for whatever reasons. Um, but uh, as I said in the previous podcast, I'll repeat now that I do find. Uh, stations that air the program from time to time when I do I tend to try to update that you can find it on uh, the WPN's Facebook you can find it on the WPN's Instagram and you can also find it on the WPN's uh, YouTube channel on the comment section of this channel so there are a couple of ways and I think uh, what do I have I had about 10 I think about 10 stations from east to west coast so and i guess midwest because i, I was at wcco in uh minneapolis i think i found out about that one too so there's a there's a couple of them that have it out there um so if you are unsure that might help you out a little bit it's not a full list i'm sure they have far more stations than that or at least i assume they do um, but that might give you a good start before I even go into the wow thing, I I, <laughs> I did want to bring up something that was kind of remote to wow. Uh, this this is a long shot. I, I just had to kind of rope it around. I was uh, being told about this interesting promo that took place on AEW was Elevation Dark. Now I'll be honest, I do not watch Elevation Dark because if I'm going to watch your wrestling program i'm probably more likely to tend to look at it on tv 
rather than the the YouTube thing. Not that the YouTube is bad because I watch a bunch of wrestling on YouTube. It's just that AEW has enough product already. They have uh, Dynamite, Rampage, Elevation, Elevation Dark, you know, and I'm certainly not going to wander off into the subsequent shows like Being the Elite and all these other things like that. It's just just too much. So I just, you know, made my decision on the uh, televised versions of it. But um, they had a promo that was done by one Marina Shafir which has apparently made the rounds with a lot of people that this is maybe one of the worst promos that they've heard. I mean, uh, I have heard the Ultimate Warrior, and I've heard people say, well, he was nonsensical and stuff like that. And, yeah, he had his moments. Now, And I'm not saying that he was a good person because he, he said some horrible things uh, following, you know, in his personal life. But we're talking about the, the, uh, the, the wrestler, the Ultimate Warrior, even he had promos as nonsensical as they sound. At least they fit who he was. You know, the stars, especially at that time when he was supposed to be like some entity rather than a person. But um, I bring all of that up and I, I guess I'll find a, way, a, a position to slot her, her interview in here. So for those who haven't heard it, will be able to hear it, but it is just all over the page. Just, I have no idea what she was trying to get out of her mouth. Just, you know me, you don't know me. I mean, it just was, whew, just awful. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to try to slot in the magic of editing so we can all know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to play a little bit of that here. And then I'll come back and I'll get to the point. So let's slide in Marina Shafir, the problem, Marina Shafir. And uh, let's, let's see how she gets her words out of her mouth. Marina Shafir going to speak here. The problem. She is a problem. Albany. That's where we are. My name is Marina Shafir, daughter of Disabella Shafir and Benjamin Shafir, and you welcomed us with open arms in 93 when we immigrated here from Moldova. Oh, it's story time. You know me. Yes, you do. My parents created the problem. In Albany, you raised the problem. You are a part of the problem. Everybody's blaming Albany tonight. It's, it's not the best. All of you, all of you are part of the problem. Let them have it, Marina. <laughs> no, these are ticket buying fans. What are we trying are to you chase You them know me. Part of the problem. You're part of the problem, Ian. You don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know. You don't know nothing about me. Losing her mind here. And look at Vicky. She loves this descent into madness. The madness in the eyes of Marina. Understand this. Understand this. When the violins play, 
Violence is always on the way. All right. Um, wow. I, you know, I, it doesn't get much easier to listen to regardless of how many times you heard it. But you see what I mean. If you're just listening to that for the first time, you can see what I'm talking about. She just was all over the page. I mean, never mind the fact that she was kicking the bottom rope and pointing to people at the crowd and pointing at the camera. It, it's just, it, it was just so nonsensical. Now, why do I bring that up in the middle of a WOW review? I bring that up in the middle of a WOW review as a cautionary tale. That's why I bring it up because I've said this about a couple of people who've gotten into the wrestling business. Uh, some people who were, you know, had all the potential in the world and I still feel like Shafir has potential in front of her. The problem is, is that they, and I don't mean her as the problem, but the problem is, is that whatever powers that be, they are pushing her out there too fast. We all know that she would not be on AEW television right now if she were not A, a certified MMA star, and B, hooked up with you know the Ronda Rousey and the MMA for Horsewoman. If those things were not there, it's very likely she would have worked her way up like a lot of other people. But because she is in the position that she is, she got slotted to number one and 1A as far as the, the biggest wrestling promotions in the world, whereas she probably should be working on a, a independent level. And that I don't mean that as a knock or a something bad, but... They say it all the time to trainers. This, this is the time that you, you know, that you test your stuff out. This is where you, if you're going to mess up, do it here. Get get some of that stuff out of your system now. While you're in front of a small crowd. Why is not making the rounds on TV? Why is not in front of millions of people or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Now, in her case, it probably wasn't a million or so yet. It's, I think it's a couple of hundred thousand, but you get the point. It's a lot of people that saw it. So that is a very cautionary tale of, of pushing people through too soon that are not prepared for that position. Wow has a somewhat similar train of thought as far as talent is concerned. Yes, there are a lot of talented ladies on that roster. And there are a lot of them who have gone through the independence, but there are some who don't. And not just don't don't have any intentions of going through it. And then they get put on TV into this national stage and they have to, you know, perform at essentially a high level. Now, the thing that they got going for them right now is that it is a taped show and edited. So most of the mistakes you can kind of bump out. But it ain't going to be that way for, forever. That's why this is a cautionary tale. If, if, if Jeannie Buzz gets what she wants... Which is, and she said this publicly, she wants to have Wild be some sort of touring entity. Much like AEW, well, AEW doesn't really do house shows, so let me rephrase that. Much like WWE goes from one place to another and some of these other, you know, regional wrestling promotions, you know, how they tour in one spot to the next. Ring of Honor used to do it. I'm not sure if Impact really does it all that much anymore, but NWA does some you know, they, they go from one location to the next, showing people what they got. 
WoW isn't there yet. WoW only does one thing as far as wrestling is concerned. That's produce TV for wrestling. They they don't really do a lot of live events unless the cameras are there. Well, any. I'm not going to say a lot. They don't do any live events. They don't do pay-per-view, and they don't do house shows. So that takes away some of that. And... Not even, and they don't do live TV, you know, so there's no net to catch them. There's a lot of that. There's a net, there's an airbag. They have a lot of fail safe at this stage, but if they go further, Marina Shafir is what you're looking at. It's going to be a case where somebody's going to get put in front of a microphone a little too fast and it's just going to be rambling <laughs> and all over the page. Uh, no one in WoW has sounded quite that bad. Um, Steffi Slays had a, a masterpiece promo by comparison to what Shafir just did. But it wasn't great. And that's what I mean. You know, you, you want to be able to get some of these people out there and let them get used to dealing with people who paid for a wrestling show rather than I want to come in and watch a TV show be taped. You know, and that's a different crowd. That's a different audience. And it... it if they're not prepared to deal with it, and I know some of those girls in that roster know exactly what I'm talking about, because the crowd in one area is, is different than the next, and if they don't get used to that, they being the ones who only have wild superhero experience, they're going to get eaten alive by some of those fans who just decide that they want to be cynical. They're not going to be able to handle it. So I just put that out there as a cautionary tale, you know, and also just as an excuse to run that horrible promo. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, so let's get off into the show recap. But please, if you know, I would hope that that is uh, taking the heart somewhere down the line with somebody in a while. Who knows? So this is the second of their new shows. And we start off with a show recap. Pretty much what they used to do last season. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, last episode, recap setting up the feud between the Beast and uh, Rena Del Rey. I think that's how I pronounce it. Rena Del Rey, formerly known as Venomous. They had a confrontation in the uh, unaired season of WoW, and it really didn't get the chance to go as far as it probably should have or could have. So this looks like this is the pickup from that, although it's a pickup with kind of a reboot. I mean, they, they address it. Like there was a, a feud between the two, but they never really got to the point where, the, where it was an ongoing thing. They, they had just kind of a, a, a match following, uh, what, like two matches with Venomous, and she was Venomous at the time. And then, you know, just, there was not really a huge conclusion to that. Uh, nothing wrong with, with this whole thing, but it, it just... Much like the last time, it felt a, a little rushed. I would I think I would like to see them both smashing through some people and cutting some promos on each other or something. It just feels like it's like out of the blue. Not bad, but just kind of out of the blue. They also recapped on the beginnings of the tag team tournament and the fact that the Tonga Twins won the tournament over Chanchilla, Chella, and... Uh, Randy Rara 2.0. So we move into the next segment. And before we get to that, here's the first flaw of the show. 
twice before this match took place. Mesmera of the Heavy Metal Sisters, formerly known as the Psycho Sisters, was announced as a partner in this match. Announced as a partner. They said Mesmera and Fury of the, of the Heavy Metal Sisters with, their, with Razor in their corner. That was what was put out. And again, two times that came out of somebody's mouth and it never happened. This is like the third time that Mesmer has been advertised to do something on that show that just didn't take place. I am completely convinced now that her in-ring work is probably very underdeveloped. And that's probably the nice way that I could put it. There's no way that they would do this over the course of two seasons and three years. And I guess it's been about that long by now. There's no way that you could do that to somebody over two seasons and three years that will, you know what? I guess if you include the, the loss one, we'll say four. <laughs> so, you know, but no way that you could do that and still be cutting this, this person out if they were that good in the ring or if they were at least competent in the ring. This cannot be. So despite the fact what we've heard the announcers say the heavy metal sisters in this match are being represented by razor and fury the two workers of the team mesmer is outside with a little bit of a different look uh looks more like a manager and they acknowledge her as a manager and and before the show started we got spoiler alerts when they was online and uh, in their instagram like who do you think would be the best manager and wow there was a war for it and and uh they included mesmer in the running so they completely spoiled that, if, if that was one of the things. But it's the Heavy Metal Sisters against Miami Sweet Heat. For those of you that uh, might have followed them on the independent circuit, that was the, uh, the Go Hard Twins. Uh, this is part of the tournament. This was basically a showcase for the Twins, if nothing else. I mean, yeah, the Heavy Metal Sisters took over at some point in the match. But it, this is largely just a showcase for Miami Sweet Heat. And I don't want to say it wasn't a squash, but you, they they being the Heavy Metal Sisters felt a little faceless in this match. Like, last all of the unaired episodes, they were part of this super long, almost non never-ending feud with the Daughters of the Darkness or the Daughters of the Dark Side or whatever they were called. And by default, they were kind of slotted as one of the top teams in the company, in the promotion. Just because they were locked in this, this feud. Now, it didn't take them anywhere, but they had something important that they were dealing with throughout the course of that. And I, they probably will have something else important to do at some point. But here is just, it, it was a cold match. Despite the fact that it's part of the tag team tournament, it was a cold match. They got bumped out in the first round, and that was pretty much it. And it was almost as if you couldn't tell who was who. You couldn't not tell who was. You couldn't tell who was the baby face or the heel. I mean, because the, the Miami Sweet Heat jumped 
them right at the bell, but then you got the, the heavy metal scissors that thumb somebody in the eye. I mean, they both did some level of heel tactic in the in the match, even if it didn't keep up for the entirety of it. So I, I had no idea. It was in a vacuum. The match was fine to watch, and yes. The, the Heat wins, they advance, they go to the second round, if there are rounds, because WoW is never going to show any brackets for this, I'm pretty sure. They never do it the last three times they did a tag team tournament, so I don't expect them to do it now. And so they can flip and flop people around if they choose to without any question. Uh, but uh, the Heat wins, and there are audible boos that come off on TV. Yeah, you can see some people cheering back there, but it's like, I don't know if, if the crowd knew who to cheer or boo for there. It just seemed like it was just a, a match, which just seems like it was a common theme here. It was just like, it was just a match. It was just a match out of nowhere, a match out of blue. It was cold, and it didn't have anything underneath it. You didn't get introduced to the Heavy Metal Sisters for those who might not have any idea who they are. You didn't really get introduced to Miami Sweet Heat. So it was just, here's this tag match. Watch it. <laughs> you know, and, and that was a, pretty much it. It, 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 just, it just was there. And, and I, I can't really knock it, but I can't praise it either other than, you know, I will say that the Sweet Heat, the, the MSH, <laughs> something. We need, to, we need to do something with that name. But uh, that team with the Twins, um, they did a lot to try to showcase them as a tag team unit. Now, I, I want to give credit for that because they probably utilize a little bit more tag team-centric uh, maneuvers than the uh, Heavy Metal Sisters did. But I got the feeling that the the sisters' job at that point was just to uh, make sure that Miami Sweet Heat looked good, and they pretty much did. And moving on. And I didn't see anything that Mesmer gave in as a manager other than playing the drums on somebody's head. And why is she walking out there with drumsticks now that I think about it? That didn't make any – yeah, well, anyway, I guess they – I guess now that they switched the name over to Heavy Metal Sisters, it does make sense. So moving on. Uh, next segment that they had was Foxy Fierce in a profile video done with a kind of 70s vibe showing her skating around Venice Beach or in the park or wherever, that, you know, and showing her yoga moves and roller skating moves and all that good stuff, a beautiful smile and all that stuff. Great profile video as they all are, and I fully expected her to walk into this match and lose because of it. My mind has not changed with the uh, instituting of the videos. More often than not, when there's a video that's preceding whoever it is that's talking, they go out there and lose, with the exception of one person, apparently a show. Uh, so my guess was Foxy Fierce was going to eat the pen regardless of who she was in there with. So this goes off into the next segment where we had the match, and it was this was going to be another cold match. It was going to be, but this segment got saved. Jesse Jones interrupts and inter comes in and complains about not being the tag team champion. I loved this. I absolutely loved this. It, this might have been the highlight of the show for me. 
And matter of fact, I'm going to say it is. This was the top segment. I ain't even through this review. And I'm just going to tell you now, this is the top segment of the show for me. Why was it the top segment? Because they actually acknowledged something that took place the previous season and didn't ignore it. I gave that review last time that their continuity was terrible. And I hated the fact that they would just do things and move on and ignore it like it didn't take place or it didn't exist or whatever the case may be. Here they did not do that. Jesse Jones comes out. She demands a microphone. Gets it from David McClain. Gets into the ring and tells her, why am I not the champion? And more so than that, it was grounded in reality. David, I was sitting at home and I see that a new tag team tournament was announced and I wasn't even told about it. That sounds like something that could and would happen. And now, whereas I don't agree with the concept that, well, you know, you your partners left, so we couldn't do. It. Whereas I don't agree with that, it still makes sense. You know, he he's the boss. He might, and let's take it from the David McClain point of view. He might have felt like, well, you know, rather than try to fix this whole thing and get get another uh, partner, we'll just start a brand new tournament. You know, I'm doing the whole thing from scratch. Might as well. Start that from scratch too in a kayfabe universe. So he basically says that the reason that you're not the champion now is because your partners are no longer here. Now, if you haven't listened to the previous reviews or you have not seen those episodes, Jesse Jones partnered up with the, well, they called on the show the Dixie Darlings. I hate that name. Uh, so. They defeated Fire and Adrenaline, the then reigning champions, by doing the old twin switcheroo. And it kind of immediately slotted them into like this Freebird thing where any two of the three could defend. They had won the tag team championships, and Fire and Adrenaline were going to get a rematch, but you know that didn't happen because they both moved on. And the Darlings apparently have moved on as well. On TV, in the in the WOW universe, David says, you know, because your partners had a family emergency and they had to leave WOW. Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine, and I'm willing to, you know, accept that. I'm also willing to accept that Jesse Jones would be upset about it. This segment was great. In the sea of this hour, this segment was great. She is still a top heel. She knows how to talk on the microphone. She knows how to work. It is almost nothing that I could say wrong about Jesse Jones. I've never had a, a crossword with her. I, you know, I, I, I'm hard pressed to find anything that I can pull out that to say that is that that's an error here. The only thing that I would have added to this. And that this is not you know a necessity, but I'm just saying, creatively speaking, the only thing I would have added to this is she, somewhere down the line, didn't have to be this episode because it wouldn't have made sense to do it here. But somewhere down the line, if she shows up with the with the old belts, that'd be great. Because I think they're on the like their third incarnation of the belts now. I know that they had the cage heat original belts, and then they got another pair with the purple straps. 
And I think they just redone some championship belts with the new wild neon logo. So I think that that would be cool if she showed up by herself with these two belts, just, you know, claiming that she is the one true tag team champions, which sounds weird just coming out of my mouth, but I love it. Um, so she says that she she wants the, the belts. She, she wants to be the tag team champion. She, she deserves to be in there. She doesn't need a partner. That's ultimately where this promo is leading leading uh, towards is that I don't need a partner. I could you, you shouldn't be taking this off me because I'm good enough basically to be my own team. And before he gets another word in, he said, and I'll prove it. So what was supposed to be Foxy Fierce versus Ice Cold 2.0, <laughs> because, yes, there was another Ice Cold way back in the day about 20 years ago, so I just decided to recycle the name, her and Randy Rara. So before that match takes place, Jesse says, hey, you two are tagging up. And <laughs> that both of them agree to do it. Now, on the surface of that, I guess that seems fine because, you know, you got two on one. Why wouldn't you agree to do it? It's, and, and David is allowing it. He's he's at ringside, so he's not disputing it. So, hey, it, it works. The ref is down for it. Jesse Bell demands it. The, the participants are down for it. The matchmaker's right there at ringside. All of this, you know, pretty much in my universe works. Yeah, yeah you could probably, you know, f- poke some holes in it if you really wanted to. But for these purposes... Perfectly fine. Jesse starts out with Foxy Fierce. They do a couple exchanges. You know, they, they clearly wanted to make Foxy look like she uh, was competent in the ring because she was dancing with, you know, I shouldn't say dancing with her, but she would, you know, do a move and then she'd probably do a little bit of a dance in the corner and whatnot. But when the tag is made, Jesse, Jesse Jones takes over. And she's just, you know, Ice Cold is, <laughs> she's a ridiculously small young lady. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's no way that Jesse Jones could not bully her around. This is where she starts to look like a star. Jesse is in control of a handicap match. Not only is she in control, and not only does she win said handicap match, but she taps Ice Cold out. Not 10 seconds later, Foxy Fierce comes into the ring. She gets the armbar applied to her, and she taps out too. Not as big on screen, but she taps out. So you got the heel, the clear heel, and that's one thing that you cannot overlook. You got the clear heel, Jesse Jones. Ain't no mistaking whether she's, you know, babyface or heel in this. Come into the ring, demand what she wants, call her spot, and tap out two people at once. Both of them who are debuting that day or this episode, mind you. So, you know, nice knowing you, Foxy Fierce, and nice knowing you, Ice Cold 2.0. Because if that's your introduction, I I don't really feel all that confident. It's probably going to be off into the shuffle land for you now. You can continue to dance in the corners, but I don't know how the win and losses are going to be. So we have that, and now uh, an arrangement is made of sorts when 
David McClain gets on the microphone, and uh, Jesse pretty much is telling him, you see what I just did there. Now, that's not verbatim, but you get the point. And McClain is saying, hey, look, it's a tag team tournament. You have to have a partner in order for you to be in it. So what I get from that is that, A, I guess there's still open slots in the tag team tournament. They're filling it in as they go, so I'll just accept that. And B, that he's willing to have her in the thing so long as she finds a partner. Now, this is where I, I, I wish I remembered the line exactly, but I, I love the line how she gave it. She, she, but it's a follow-up to what McClane was saying. Say it takes two of you to be in the tournament. And her response is basically, it takes two to be in the tournament, but it only takes one to win. I'll find a prop and I'll stick them up on the corner and watch me do my thing, more or less. Great. Great stuff. Again, can't I can't think of anything that's, that's wrong or off the rails there other than that Jesse Jones owes me a shirt <laughs> from designing, now that I think about it, from designing one a couple of years ago. Come on, Jesse. Send me that shirt. I'll take extra large. Uh, we uh, leave out of that they announced the return of the Bully Busters so they're, they're back together we, we saw them I think once last season before Keita Rush got hurt and she was shipped out for the re- remainder of the show so now we got uh, Steffi Slays and, and Keita Rush the maybe the, the remaining uh, ori- well not original Maybe their longest running tag team in the wild at this point, possibly. Even though they've been on and off, but they're still there. Even though it seems like they, you know, there's been no real direction for the bully bus. Anyway, that's that's not the point. That that's getting off into something else. Next segment is another video package. Uh, I don't want to butcher that. Leah Makoa. So, and if I said that incorrectly, I apologize to that young lady. So they do this the video package, and you know the same rules apply. The the video packages look great, and they sometimes they're more impactful than others. You know they do a good job of relating the information of what. Uh, they need you to know about their personal background, about how they got into wrestling, or how they survived as a youth or this that and the other because you know some of them have some issues and whatnot and this is uh where they get to relate that and that's fine you know i just wish that those things came with a win more often than not um so you have that and i'm thinking you know they put a lot into telling about telling us about a family and and letting us know uh what her mother felt about her getting into wrestling and that she went from not wanting to do it to being a bigger supporter. I mean, it is well done material and it makes it hard for you not to root for her when you're looking at this from a televised standpoint. Now, if I'm in a crowd and I don't see that, I probably would not know who I'm rooting for unless they were going to make it very clear. In this case, they did make it clear and I have to give credit where credit is due. Uh, so we got McCoy versus Glitch the Gamer, who I think on the indies is Vert Vixen. I believe that's her. 
And it it fits who she was is on the indies as well as it does wild. Nothing's really changed there other than the name and and the color scheme. Uh, this was a good match. There's no real definitive good guy, bad guy here. Um, in fact, I would probably say this may be the best match in the course of the show. Not not the best segment, but the best match. Um, and as such. Honestly, I think that the multiple camera cuts work against them. It The camera cuts do good when you're dealing with people who are inexperienced and you have to cut on the action. Now, some people don't know what I mean when I say that. And I know I've talked about that before. Some of you editors out there probably know exactly what I mean. But it is the action of when the editor takes, say, camera one and we're looking at Steffi Slays punch Razor in the head, but the, the punch may not come all the way through. It might leave maybe an inch of space or an inch of daylight between them. So rather than to show that thing all the way through, the minute it gets relatively close and like a second before she pulls away or Razor drops, you cut to the next camera quickly so you don't see the impact. You just get the implied impact. But when that's done so much, that was just an example, but when that's done so much, sometimes it works against you. When it, when the match looks good, and this seemingly looked pretty good, it worked against the match a little bit for me to, to constantly go from this camera to that camera to upstairs to the ringside to floating camera. To, it, it just, uh, like, uh, I let this flow a little bit. Let me get the feel of, of the, the, the match that's going on. Let me see them do what they're doing rather than all these different angles. And sometimes they're on angles that they just shouldn't be on. There was a chin lock applied and I don't want to see their lips moving, talking to each other, but the camera's right there in their face and it's hard for you not to see it. So, you know, this is again, one of those points where a, you have a camera that's set that can kind of hold the scene for a while. And B, it'd probably be good to have a, establishing shot camera or hard cam that's in the crowd or up on a riser or something that can look directly into that ring and see them without being too close to see everything. So uh, this was a, a fun match, interesting. I, I didn't think anything was bad with it. And McCoy wins with STO. And seemingly, and that audience has pretty strong fan support, so maybe she might be one of their top baby faces going forward. I mean, again, I don't, I'm not there, so I don't know if they actually run those segments in the crowd for them to see. But I can certainly see if that, if uh, if that ran in the room, how they could pick up, you know, going for, you know, rooting for. Her. And then again, you might have some people that I don't know how far LA is from the Bay, you know, <laughs> but I, I know that depending on where you stand, you, you, she might have a, a strong Tongan uh, contingent that's out in the audience that's rooting for, her. you know, so wrestling still is, is regional, much like the rest of the world and the rest of the entertainment. So she might've had a, a strong support system out there just in general. Uh, this sets up for the main event. Well, we're coming out of this, it sets up for the main event, which is Princess Ozzy versus Rena Del Rey. Uh, 
Now, before they get to that, the next segment is the Princess RZ segment, and this seems to be there to try and reestablish who Ozzy is to the viewing audience. They have a sit-down interview. They got you know footage of her standing out with her bamboo sticks. Uh, well, I think they are bamboos. I might be wrong. Which were addressed in the uh, previous seasons. Uh, they talk about the, the sticks being destroyed as they represented family and everything. You know that that basically this whole story about the, the powers within you, not within these sticks. Uh, it's nice enough, and it, I guess, explains her background, but as much as I gave praise to Jesse Jones and them following up with the tag team issue, I have to go back and say they have not given any explanation whatsoever on Princess Ozzy being controlled or how she got free. They're talking about her things being burned by uh, Siren, the voodoo doll, or Nina Monet, depending on where you're watching or where you're listening to this from. They talked about that portion of it, but they skipped over all the, the entire season of her being some mind-controlled drone, part of the group fighting with the heavy metal sisters, or psycho sisters then. They didn't talk about any of that. It just skipped past. Now, maybe, maybe they'll address it somewhere down the line. Maybe it'll come up. I don't know. I hope that it does. But it would make sense to me that the first time we see her and she's walking around and she's perfectly fine all of a sudden. Well, maybe not all of a sudden. It's been two and a half years. But on TV, it seems like all of a sudden. And she's not have these bags under her eyes and she's not being walked around by Siren or Holiday. The explanation would have been nice. It would have been nice to, to hear them say, hey, well, she escaped or somebody came and got her. Or, I don't know anything. But just to stick her back on TV again, you know, this is one of those points where it's like, all right, just ignore it, it'll go away. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how it comes off. So we got no explanation of that, and we just move on. This is why I love that Jesse Jones segment so much. Thank God that segment was there and that they followed up. Uh, This match, standard. Nice man event, but it's cold. There's there's nothing behind this. There, there, there was nothing behind the McCoy and Glitch the Gamer uh, match either, or the Heavy Metal Sisters other than as a tag team tournament thing. Uh, there, there was nothing to put any heat into this situation, and I, much like the previous match, really was not all that concerned about who won or lost it. It was just a match. It was... And that's what I mean when I say it's cold. It's just, it's, there was nothing there to, to get me excited about it or make me want to watch it further or be invested in it. It was just, here's Princess Ozzy, and we're giving her this big hero's return and this big buildup, and let's stick her in there with the person that we know is going to be in the main event. 
So you have that, and, and it's it's not like she's debuting, but she got the debut treatment because she she put up the good fight, as they like to say, or if I could quote Tribe Called Quest, and give it an evil effort and teeth a nice try, but it didn't go anywhere because she lost. So despite the fact that we got this big, long, overdrawn segment about the, the bamboo sticks and the mother sending a word and Dave McClain talking in a voiceover, I wish she knew that the strength was in her or some other corniness like that, it all ended with a big power slam and a loss delivered by Del Rey, which apparently she has gone through somewhat of a gimmick change. Now, I don't know if they just didn't want to deal with calling somebody venomous on television. May not sound good, you know, in all cases. Uh, but I have no issue with the change of gimmick here because it, it probably was like two teaspoons away from what Venomous was to begin with. So it's not like she just came out there acting like a whole different person. She, if I was going to say anything, it's like she's still venomous and everything but the name. They still, you know, show the video with her in the low rider. They still, you know, pretty much address her as being, I don't want to say from the hood or whatnot, but she from the LBC, you know, just uh, stuff like that. It, it all fits who she was before, so there's no reason to gripe and complain about uh, her rebirth as Arena Del Rey. It's not it's not as drastic a change as like you know Akeem for the one man game to the Akeem the African Dream, <laughs> and I know that goes over some people because you're not that old to remember that. Uh, the match flows well, and again I have to say. The better the participants in the match, it feels like the camera cuts work against them. It would be better just to see them, you know, in in longer spans where they can do what they do with each other without all the cuts. And with these two, I thought that they they probably didn't even need a camera cut. I mean, yeah, that, that doesn't make for great television, but it doesn't need to be a camera cut every five, six seconds. You know, it, it 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 just doesn't, and it's distracting. I understand that when you have some people who need to be covered up, but those two know what they're doing. And again, I cannot phrase it any better. Those cuts seem to work against them. So anyway, I've already told you how this ends. Del Rey hits the power slam for the win, polishes off Prince. I, Prince, sorry, Princess Ozzy. Uh, not easily, but, you know, not super easy, I should say, but with some ease coming there towards the end. And as she is celebrating or getting up onto the corner to, to do you know, or say something, from behind, as a receipt from last week, comes the beast who spears her. Right there on the mat. Drops a boom. And we're off the air. Now, I forgot to say earlier that there was a promo for uh, Chainsaw vs. G.I. Jane next week. So, I guess stay tuned for that. But it sounds like another cold match, much like this was. The only thing that really saved this was the end. The Beast saved this segment. 
her coming in and nailing uh, Del Rey. I mean, the segment wasn't bad. It's just very neutral. Like he, there was really no no reason to root for either one of them. It, this is one of, one of those points where the pre-match promo helps. It's kind of a lost art. But if you're going to have a match that's just absolutely cold and a video package that has nothing to do with the match, because as nice as the video package was, it didn't have anything to do with the match other than a quick way to reestablish that she's now a, a babyface. Uh, if those things are not going to happen, then one of them at least needs to have a microphone in their hand and berate the audience or go out there and do some good, something to establish a, a will or desire to cheer or boo for this individual. I did not get that feeling from this match whatsoever because even though Princess Ozzy was a clear bay face, Rhea didn't, I mean, Del Rey didn't do anything wrong. She didn't do anything for me to be mad about. Yeah, she jumped the beast from behind last week, but that was last week, and I ain't got nothing to do with Ozzy. And she hasn't cut a promo to make it anything to do with her. So the the receipts at the end of this gave it a little something, but it's at the end of the show, and, you know, too little, too late. I don't know what it is that they're leaning on this love and thunder font that they have on the show, though. That just... Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look at the credits. Or look at the lower thirds when the ladies out there. That, and then go look up look, Thor, Love, and Thunder. You'll see what I mean. Far too close for that to be a coincidence. Far too close. Um, yeah, that's, they're leaning into that a bit too much. Uh, the show overall was... You know, if I had to give it a grade, I'd say it was maybe a, a strong C, a C plus. I mean, Jesse Jones's segment is a great segment, but I don't know if it's enough to uplift three other segments of the show. Nothing was bad here. Nothing was bad. It just, it just was another show right now. Now, I know that they're at this reboot phase, and this is episode two, so it's starting to establish and lay groundwork and reestablish feuds and who you should cheer for and who you should boo for. So I know that those things are coming. That's on the way without question. But right now, on this episode, it was very difficult to feel one way or the other about most of them. Like I said with the tag team matches, both of those teams cheated to some degree, even and neither one of them cheated heavy. You just had uh the the Miami Sweet Heat kick razor like right before the bell, which was a cheap shot. But then you had the heavy metal sisters rake an eye or put a thumb in her eye and then uh choke her out on the ropes slightly. I mean, you know, Mesmer playing drums on the head isn't really going to cost him a loss, maybe frustrating. But that's what I mean. It it just, those matches, all, although done well and good to watch, and, you know, it's, it's, I don't want it to come off like the matches were terrible. It's just, it was just a very cold thing, and it was hard to feel for. 
it's a it's a problem that faces a lot of independent promotions, you know, day by day. You know, they, they, if I could borrow a line from uh, the former gatekeeper uh, Kelly Klein, she used the phrase that the independents are very disjointed because you can't really take one angle from one place to the next, oftentimes, and that's true. And, but in a while, it's not that you can't take the angle from one place to the next. These angles haven't started, and they're, they're just getting going. And, you know, yes, the tournament's happening, but the tournament isn't enough to give you a, a real heat spot here or a re- real feeling of, ooh, I want this person to win. Because we're just getting introduced. Well, it's in person or persons to win because we're just getting introduced to half of this roster. It's just... You know, cold matches are difficult, and I feel for anybody that has to go out there and perform one. But some of that needs to fall on the production. They should either do something specifically to get, you know, to point one way or the other, or allow the talent to do something that's going to make that point. Thank goodness again for that Jesse Jones knows how to be a, a heel. She knows how to do it, and she's good at it. So, that was WOW, episode two. Uh, I I hope this builds up and comes along. Like I said, nothing's wrong with this episode, but it was nothing outstanding either. It's probably a strong C+. You know, that's about as good as I could muster it for what I would think about this you know, just for the the sake of the emotion that I should or want to feel when I watch this program. Right now, I just I don't I didn't get that through most of it. It spiked up in the middle of the handicap match, or not in the middle of it. It spiked up right before it during the promo, and then it kind of came back down once it moved out of that that match. It just it just wasn't enough to keep me going. So there we go. That is the uh, review for episode two. Be sure to check your local listings so you can see where you can find WOW in your area. Or, again, you can go to uh, my channel, Instagram, Facebook, and the Women's Pro Network, and you can look for that little list that was placed up uh, so that maybe you can find yours in, in your area. If you have one and I didn't list it, uh, leave it in the comments so I can add it too and just uh, keep it going as, I guess, as a community thing. Um, be sure to check out. We got some new matches that have been posted up. Yeah, I believe that. New matches going up right here on uh, WPN. So you got another outlet to see some women's wrestling if you choose to do that. Um, also want to give a, a shout out to Stardom. <laughs> if you, I, I'll say that you know you want to watch something else that and get a different flavor for women's wrestling across the country and the globe. Uh, try that as well. also. I, I looked at a little bit of it before doing this this promo, not promo this uh, this podcast to just get the flavor for something else. You know, not because I'm saying one's better than the other, but uh, when you see. A pr- the production quality from one place, especially across the world, and you see the production quality for wow, it does put in line or help you get an idea of, of 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not the priorities, but uh, the, the production value, where, where they want to go and what they want to relate. Uh, I, I get a lot of uh, feeling that WoW is looking to relate story uh, and storylines and character uh, more so than maybe just a match. Uh, but the season is young, and we will see if that is correct and see if I'm right. I, if I am, I suspect that the matches will will feel a bit stronger once there's an emotional tie to it and as the show goes further. But we'll know that hopefully by episode three or four when this thing picks up the pace and maybe we'll we'll have some established baby faces and heels and I'll know we'll know who to cheer and boo for. So with that said, again, thank you for tuning in. To the Rights and Wrongs, a pro wrestling podcast, I will uh, endeavor to do this again because I enjoyed the reviews and I enjoy you guys checking out the channel. Be sure to subscribe if you have not done that already. This podcast is available on greater podcast platforms across the uh, scene. If you can't find it there, you can always go to WPNWrestling.com. Not only do we have all the podcasts available on the front page for your download or streaming to listen to, you can always catch our 24-hour stream, uh, 24 hours, seven days a week, right there on that website. The show is always on, always matches dating back to 2013 with some people that you will uh, know and recognize from I guess there's star positions today, like Akira Hogan, who you might see as one of the baddies, or Harlow O'Hara, who you might know as Fury now, or Nina Monet, who you might know as Siren, Jordan Grace, who you'll see on Impact. You got a bunch of these just scattered throughout a bunch of different matches, just you know, all available for your consumption. And new matches always being added to the database and the archives every chance we get. Like these next two tag team matches. Well, next two tag team matches and one singles match coming up. All you got to do is go up there, subscribe, like the, like the channel and the videos to keep us in the rankings. Speaking of liking it, please uh, like this wherever you may be listening to it. And that will do it. I, I think that's enough shilling for me today. Uh... Any comments, leave them below so I can address and I will uh, bring up on the next show. And I think that is it. So, folks, I'm going to call this one a night. This is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long. And we'll see you on the next go round. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>